Testing, one, two, three. Okay. Welcome back, everybody, to I Need God Pod. My name is God Lover Kyle. I'm the admin for the Instagram page. I need God in every moment of my life. And this is my podcast. And this is specifically my astrology episode for the month of February 2024. Um, Before I get into everything that's happening during February, I'd like to do a little housekeeping about the podcast and give you guys some updates. So... I guess the main announcement is that I'm kind of going to be changing the show to be less frequent and for more of the episodes to be free and full length. So that means full length episodes will be posted on streaming. It's no longer going to be half the episode is free, half the episode is paid. The majority of the episodes now will just be free. Thank you for everyone who supports this project on Patreon. I'm going to be remaking the tiers on Patreon so that there is just one $3 tier for everyone. So either you just subscribe to the $3 tier, you get bonus episodes, polls, other bonus content. Mainly you support this project, you support me, you support I Need God, and that's it. So patreon.com slash I Need God. There's still going to be exclusive content there, and it's still an option. However... Now, most of the episodes will just be free on streaming. For anyone who is subscribed to the Patreon right now, you don't have to do anything. If you want to change your pledge to $3, you're more than welcome. If you want to keep it at 5 or whatever level you're on, 9 or 1, that's an option. You could just keep on keeping on. But just so you know, I'm just changing it up now. I don't feel like I could produce as much content as I have been. I've been falling behind. It's been really hard for me. So I don't want to feel any pressure to kind of create content just for the sake of it because there are people subscribed. Do you know what I mean? But I still really support everyone who supported this project up until now and everyone who will support it into the future. And I appreciate your patronage, etc., etc. So thank you for coming along on this ride as I figure out like what the best kind of podcasting is for me and like making this work for me and for you too, I guess, in the end. I appreciate you all. If you would like to sponsor an episode or be a guest on the show or maybe co-host an episode with me, feel free to reach out at I need God in every moment of my life at gmail.com. I read every email and I'm taking sponsors. I'm taking pitches. If you want to contribute to this, please do. If you want to message me on Patreon, I'm all ears. Um, this is an open-ended kind of spiritual exploration through podcasting and meme pagery whatever okay so now that the housekeeping is out of the way let's get into the month of february and what's happening what's different from other months what are the vibes going to be So let's start by looking back at January. In January, Pluto moved into Aquarius, which I talked about in the last astrology episode. This is a major shift because Pluto takes a long time to move through the signs. So the shift happened, right? How are we feeling? Did everyone feel the shift? 
um, it might take a little while to adjust. This is a new placement for Pluto, and it's going to be in Aquarius now until 2044. Um, Pluto takes a long time to move through the signs, so this will be the only time in our lifetimes that Pluto will move through Aquarius. It takes 250 years for Pluto to move through all the signs. So no one on Earth has ever felt this before, and it represents a new era. And really, this year with Pluto and Aquarius, a lot of astrologers have been saying this, it's like a preview for the next year when things really start shifting. Because next year, Neptune is going to change signs for the first time since 2012. Uranus is going to enter Gemini for a few months from July to November. Neptune, Uranus, Pluto, these are outer planets. They're not observable with the naked eye. They require a telescope. And because they're so far away from the sun, it takes them a lot longer to move through the signs. They represent generational change, generational shifts, large groups of people over large periods of time. So having them all change is going to really be like next year is really going to be when Everyone really feels like, oh, wait, there is no going back to the way things used to be. There is no old world, which I used to know. We are stepping into an entire new chapter. This year is kind of like a new chapter. It's kind of like the beginning of a new chapter. It's not a full shift because those other planets like Neptune and Uranus are staying where they were. So there's something familiar about that, that which helps, I think, kind of transition us. So... I think it's really helpful to think of this entire year kind of as a preview or an intro to 2025 and onward, um, if that helps. I don't know if that even helps anyone, but <laughs> that's that's how people are kind of narrativizing this. So I was thinking it'd be nice to start with, we are in Aquarius season right now, right? So February, the sun is in Aquarius until the 18th. I thought it would be good to kind of go over like what is Aquarius what is Pluto um, because we, if we just start defining these things it could help us better understand the changes that are underway so let's see here what is Pluto in astrology let's start there in traditional astrology Pluto was not a planet because like I said, it's only observable with a telescope. Um, it was discovered only just on February 18th, 1930. So that is kind of recent. <laughs> um, in Greek mythology, Pluto was the ruler of the underworld, kind of like Hades, but a little more of a positive connotation, like Pluto rules over the afterlife. In astrology, the planet Pluto has come to represent death, transformation, change, rebirth, destruction. Um, it is psychologically, it's kind of like the deepest place, the lowest, most gravity filled kind of almost like a wheel, like the, the, the slowest grinding wheel, right? Changing everything in a dramatic way. Because Pluto is the farthest from the sun, it takes the longest to move through the signs, and it represents generations. It typically takes Pluto around 15 to 30 years to move between signs. So there's actually never been two people from this, from different Pluto generations on Earth at the same time. For instance, if you have Pluto in Scorpio, 
your generation will be long gone before the next Pluto in Scorpio generation is born. If you're Pluto in Leo, there is no other generation of people on the planet except the the Pluto in Leo people that you are <laughs> because you'll be long gone by the time the next generation comes. So you could think of it that way. Like a lot of baby boomers have Pluto in Leo. Some have Pluto in Virgo. Gen X, Pluto in Virgo, Pluto in Libra. Millennials, Pluto in Scorpio. Gen Z, Pluto in Sagittarius. Gen Alpha, Pluto in Capricorn. And so forth and so on. So um, I think that's a good way of conceptualizing Pluto as generations. And so when we think Pluto just entered Aquarius, we could think we're in a new generation. And it's an Aquarian archetype. So let's talk about for a second what Aquarius represents, the Aquarius archetype. Aquarius is a fixed air sign. It is the water bearer. That's kind of like its symbol. And it's ruled by Saturn. In modern astrology, some say it's ruled by Uranus. So an air sign. Air signs are associated with thoughts, words, the mind, logic, ideas, information, reason, knowledge. It's analytical. It's thoughtful. It's clever. It's wordy. It's heady. And Aquarius is a fixed sign, meaning it's full on, it's stubborn, it's authentic, it's assured, it's confident, it's reliable, it's predictable, it's knowable in a way. And it's ruled by Saturn, which means it pertains to limits, boundaries, rules, wisdom, discipline, authority, perseverance, long-term things, obligations. So that kind of, I feel like just describing it and breaking it down technically like that gives a pretty good picture about the Aquarius archetype. Aquarians are big brain people. They have lots of ideas. They know things. They have an intuitive knowing and they like learning. There are a lot like libraries. They are people who are on the limits usually of society or on the borders. They're interested in pushing the borders, pushing the limits, um, rewriting the rules, gaining new wisdom. Um, They could often grow up to become authority figures because of their interest in knowledge, interest in knowing, their passion for um, knowing something completely and fully. So whatever that passion is, if they stick to it, they could become an authority in that topic. Um, That is very much the case for many Aquarius. They are all unique and individual because, like I said, they explore the limits and the boundaries of um, things. Typically, they're interested in humanity and humanitarian efforts. They like the bigger picture of things, the zoomed out picture. They could often feel alienated because they don't always, they have their own inner authority that they follow based on what they know. They don't yield to often to pressure from the outside or what you think you know or what they think they know or who you should be or they or who they say you should be or what they're doing. It's really like, no, uh, I have my own inner authority and it's good for an Aquarius to follow that inner authority, honestly. Um, if you are an Aquarius or a Leo, or if you have heavy Aquarius or Leo placements, there's going to be a lot of lessons and transformations going on over the next 20 years, and especially right now during Aquarius season, um, given that Pluto is now in Aquarius. If you are a Taurus or Scorpio, 
Um, you'll also be feeling challenges from Pluto, um, maybe to transform or to make a change, or you might be coming again, up against something that confronts you to act and it may not be easy. Um, and then if you're an air sign like Gemini, Libra or Aquarius too, um, you may be feeling the natural, a natural kind of deepness of Pluto, like that you haven't felt before. Maybe there's like a power activated within you. And this can go for any person. Everyone is every sign. Some people have more planets in one sign than the other, which makes them more influenced by transits through that sign. A little shorthand about the planets, the houses, the signs. Planets are like actors in our lives. They could be, literally, they could represent people who show up in our lives, or they could represent different parts of ourselves, different people within us. Um... Think of planets like the actors in our lives, the ones that do things and that show up. The signs are a lot like how the planets dress. So think of the signs as how the planets express themselves or the dress that they wear or the attitudes they have. And then the houses is where these actors play a part. What area of our life do these actors show up and how are these areas of our lives influenced by their expression? Houses, you can only really know your houses if you know your rising sign. So if you don't know your birth time it's a lot harder to know your houses, but you can talk to an astrologer, an experienced one to help rectify your chart. Because if you go to an experienced astrologer and explain your life to them, they could start seeing like what parts of your life are being affected at different times. And the parts of our life are the houses. So then they can make an educated guess about what your rising sign is. But so that's just to say, as we talk about Aquarius for the month of February, you could look at your chart and see what house you have Aquarius in. That's really the house that Pluto is going to be transforming and that these Aquarian themes are going to play the largest role in your life. You could also look at Leo, which is opposite Aquarius. And that that house may be affected as well because the house that is opposite something has a relationship to the house where something's happening. So Pluto and Aquarius is going to kind of give a challenge to Leo. So you could look to see where you have Leo in your chart to see kind of where this push and pull of Pluto's power and transformation qualities is going to really be the most present in your life, especially over the next 20 years. And then actually, especially this month, the first month of this Pluto cycle where the sun is in Aquarius with Pluto. For the last 15 years, Pluto has been in Capricorn. So when the sun is in Capricorn and Pluto's in Capricorn, you could look at your Capricorn house to see where you've been transformed over the last 15 years since 2008 or so. And now you could see that now we're in the next part of your life and you could, that's something you could do on your own time. (laughs) Okay. So that was all a little bit of just a precursor to kind of lay out the law of the land here. Let's just get into the month itself. I've written out what I think are the most interesting parts of the month and the vibes that are going to be happening. And let's see here. If you want to write this down, now's a good time to grab a notepad or open your notes app in your phone and just take some dates down. The month really begins, let's see, with Mercury entering Aquarius on the 5th. I feel like Mercury does well in Aquarius. Think of Mercury as the speaker, the communicator, the mind, the logic maker. And in Aquarius, which is an air sign, 
it could make a lot of sense. It could have a lot of big ideas, a lot of good ideas, a lot of new ideas, novel ideas. So I feel like on the 5th when Mercury enters Aquarius, there's an intellectual vibe in the air. However, now that Pluto is in Aquarius, Pluto is still at zero degrees Aquarius. So every time a planet moves into Aquarius, it's going to conjoin Pluto So Mercury enters Aquarius and it's immediately conjunct with Pluto. And like we said, Pluto is rebirth. It is regeneration. It is upheaval. It's it's change. It's power. Um, So there's going to be a gravity every time a planet enters into Aquarius. So Mercury entering Aquarius, yes, it's great for thinking. But right on the fifth when it does that, there might be a really deep thought you get Or you might have to redo something in your thoughts. You may be thinking one way and it's like, oh my God, actually, no, I've been thinking about this entirely wrong. I have to destroy how I've been thinking about something and redo it from the ground up. So, (laughs) you know, that might feel heavy. I feel like there's going to be a lot of heavy feelings in February, Not, not only because it's cold and sad, but because of this new Pluto interaction that's happening. On the 9th, we have a new moon in Aquarius. This means the sun and the moon will both be in Aquarius together. And it goes exact at around 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, it's going to be trine. Uranus will be trine Venus. Mercury will be trine Jupiter. That kind of gives a certain exciting, buoyant, open, lovely, inquisitive feeling to the new moon, which I think is really good and helps soften the edge a little bit of how serious of a change is underway for everyone. Um, And new moons are a really good time to rest, relax, lay back, do not force anything during a new moon. Um... It's really about receiving information and thinking about things. It's a meditative time, always, no matter what sign the new moon is happening in. In Aquarius, when you're meditating and when you're relaxing and you're laying low from work and it's the new moon, there may be some questions that are better to ask yourself in your meditation. Um, I wrote some of them down. Like, how can I do things my own way? How is my life programmed And what could I do to sort of reprogram it or to exist within the program in a way that is my own? What messages is the universe sending me? Um, That's a great question to think about under the moon. And um, what have I closed myself off to? What have I closed myself off to accepting? Um, What is it about myself that I can't accept Um, or... Maybe a better way to think of it would be like, how can I be more accepting of who I really am? I think these are really good questions for an Aquarius new moon. Um, Other questions might be, how could I better serve my community? Um, What in my life is different now than before? And how can I use this difference for the better? It might, you know, you might might be good to think less about yourself if, if it feels too heavy and to think about ways that you contribute to a bigger picture and support other people. Yeah, so that's the new moon in Aquarius on the 9th. Just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's an interesting reset. It's an interesting reset. It's the first new moon with Pluto in Aquarius, so we'll see how it feels. It might feel 
deeper than normal. I don't know. But I think it's really potent time to um, reset. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. On the 13th, Mars will enter Aquarius. Um, Mars is like the action planet, the doer, the thing that goes outward, uh, the go-getter, the fighter. Um, so in Aquarius, I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's as happy in Aquarius, but I could be wrong. It's going to conjoin Pluto when it moves into Aquarius on the 13th. So Mars conjunct Pluto, that's really fiery. That can mean a fight breaks out. That can mean like something that's been bubbling low, unconscious, or just in the gut, like rears, rears its head. And, um, no one's backing down. Aquarius is a fixed sign. It's stubborn. It's itself. It's not compromising or yielding. So this could be a day that you might want to try to avoid conflict or maybe find a healthy outlet like exercise or a way to express yourself that channels this kind of rage energy. Um, in Aquarius, it could be like recording something or writing something or attending an event where yelling is appropriate, like a protest. Um, but that is just the vibe on the 13th. And Mars will stay in Aquarius then for a while, probably. I don't know how long, but I think weeks, if not months. Um, on the 16th, Venus will enter Aquarius. Same thing, but with Venus. So Venus enters Aquarius and conjuncts Pluto on the 16th. Venus is like, you could think of it in relationship to Mars as the attractor, the one that brings things in, brings things together, that invites in and that holds and loves. Um, Whereas Mars is like the fighter and the separator. Venus is like, the attractor and the bringer together of things. It's about harmony and aesthetics balance. Um, it's about the law. It's about a lot of things, but Venus is about love even. So Venus and Aquarius conjunct Pluto. It could be a really deep gut feeling about your love life or a really deep gut feeling about your relationship to your attractiveness, honestly, or, your lack of love or the kind of partnerships or friends that you're lacking. Um, Or it could really cement, you know, Venus with Pluto and Aquarius could really cement you into the group you're in or make you feel like, wow, like a really deep feeling that you are part of the community that you, you belong in. Or it can make you feel the opposite, like you lack belonging. That's kind of how I'm seeing it. Take that as you will. So then on the 18th, the sun will move into Pisces. That's kind of, yeah, well, enter Pisces season. Um, Saturn and Neptune are both in Pisces. So I feel like that, that'll be interesting as the sun moves through Pisces. It's going to make aspects to Saturn and Neptune. So all of Pisces season, like from the 18th of February until, you know, end of March, I think there's going to be themes that are a little conflicting about the limits of reality and the, the potential of our dreams. So I would expect that to come up during Pisces season, just like, wait, there is a harsh reality. There's a limit to what's possible. There are rules in the world. I can't just be a dreamer. And on the other side, knowing that 
your dreams hold so much potential for you and that there really is power in your dreams if you confront it and look at it and think about it. Um, On the 23rd, Mercury will enter Pisces, so it will go out of Aquarius into Pisces. Mercury in Pisces is way more poetic. It's way less judgmental so that your inner voice may lose some judgment. Your inner voice may become more lovely and you may have a lot of more poetic kind of thoughts. So it's a good time to write poetry, in my opinion. It's a good time to express yourself without judgment and be playful with words and loving. I think Mercury in Pisces is really cool. It's very artistic and like a artistic through language. Um, And then on the 24th, there's a full moon in Virgo around 8 a.m. Eastern time. Um, Mars will be square to Jupiter um, and Saturn will be nearby. So Saturn in Pisces, the sun in Pisces and uh, Mercury in Pisces. And they're going to be opposite the, the full moon in Virgo. Virgo in Pisces... It's a really interesting axis between them. Virgo kind of represents practical caretaking in the material realm, like noticing things and making changes to support other people. Pisces is about caretaking, but more in the spiritual realm. It's about seeing people's spirits and souls and knowing what what to say or what to ask to help them in a more spiritual sense. So they're sister signs in this way that they're both caretakers, but one is more practically oriented in a sense or materially oriented, although there's a spirituality to the material. And Pisces is more spiritually oriented or less practically oriented, although there is something quite practical about acknowledging the impossibility of defining spirit or something like that, if that makes sense. I think there's going to be a flavor of self-judgment and being self-critical about our emotions during the full moon because of Saturn's presence. There's kind of an energy of refinement in the air. Like the full moon is going to pull into focus something about our emotional life, our inner life that we have to confront or to refine um, or, you know, we may feel like we're forced to review something that hasn't come fully to light until now. Maybe it has to do with how we're handling authority or handling the limits of our lives, the those things that are impressing on us from the outside, telling us what to do and how to do it and how we emotionally react to that. That's kind of what comes into focus here, I think, during this full moon, just because of Saturn's presence and because of how Virgo is and Mercury being in um, Pisces with Saturn and the sun Yeah, it's definitely a vibe on this full moon. You don't have to rest and relax necessarily on a full moon like you do during a new moon. It's really about releasing things. So if if we're thinking about the full moon as a release, what what would we release under a full moon in Virgo opposite Saturn? Like I said, I think we would release judgment. We would release control, the feeling that we have to control things. We could release the feeling that we're not good enough or that we don't add value um, where we work, or that our contributions aren't noticed, or that they aren't sufficient when they are. Okay. Then the month kind of ends with this interesting configuration that's kind of rare. 
Um, Firstly, though, on the 27th, Mars will square Jupiter in Taurus. This kind of presents a challenge. I think there's a tension between um, expansion and contraction here um, or about like growth and consolidation here. It could feel like a square between these two planets could feel just kind of like a push or pull um could make you feel really determined though it could light a little bit of a fire i think to grapple with um your growth and it kind of paints the picture for the 27th through the 29th when the sun mercury and saturn all meet together in pisces at about nine degrees it doesn't happen too often so i'm interested to know how it's going to feel but i think there's going to be a certain eccentric or um kind of watery and maybe emotional but interestingly colored uh feel to the air there's i feel like it's going to be a pretty spiritual moment for a lot of people especially those who think they're more spiritual or are more attuned to kind of like vibes there's kind of an interesting poetic yet stern vibe because of saturn and um I think it's it's an interesting I think we'll be everyone's going to be taught something and it might be pertaining to like how to be softer or how to roll a little better with the punches how to kind of let things fall off our back a little more um I think it's going to be a energy where like it's going to be easier to claim higher power and to kind of have visions of how things could be i feel like it's very kind of uh utopic in a way i don't know if utopic is the right word but like dreams of how things should be it's like visions of the horizon that's coming and i feel like there's just gonna be because of the watery nature of pisces it's just gonna feel like more easy to access that kind of uh hidden realm or like uh yeah like the dawning of something and it may be a good time to write honestly because of this kind of portal that's being opened by the sun mercury and saturn all together in pisces i'm really interested to know what will happen it's sextile to jupiter so like i said there's some expansion expanding energy but like i said there's a square to mars so there's a little bit of a rough kind of like pressure to keep us from expanding too far and to try to keep things a little more physical too so that is how the month ends and yeah i don't have any more notes about the month but i i think i hit everything that that's the most major here february is shorter and we're getting all these pluto conjunctions with all of the inner planets mars venus mercury yeah and the new moon i guess and in aquarius all these things that are happening in aquarius with pluto so that's really the most significant signature of the month is that you know mars conjunct pluto venus conjunct pluto um this is the first time it's happening and from every aquarius season from now on like for the next 20 years every aquarius season will have these um conjunctions like the sun mercury venus they'll all move through aquarius and conjoin pluto and this is just the first time it's happening so it's hard to say how it's going to feel exactly but i think like i said there's that deepness there's that undercurrent that feels like things are going to be flipped on their head soon or 
changed dramatically, rebirthed, that there's just a new orientation that we're going to have to find ourselves in. And we're all going to be, you know, searching for that footing together. And you're not alone when you feel confused about the changes that are underway. No one really knows. Uh, It's at least we know that something is happening, that you're not crazy, that there is just a whole shift underway. So keep that in mind when you're feeling the deepness of uh, the pressure of Pluto throughout the month. Um, Thank you, God lovers, for listening. Let me know if you enjoy the astrology episodes. I don't have to keep doing them, but since I lost my astrology writing job, I figured I'd as well so that I could keep practicing. Again, if you want to join us on Patreon, we have one. And if you just support what I'm doing, it's $3 a month and it just keeps me going um, so I can continue to produce interesting interviews and forecasts for you. That's patreon.com slash I need God. Follow me on Instagram at I need God in every moment of my life. And other than that, I'll see you in the next episode. I'm planning some new interviews and welcome to the rest of the podcast from now on. It's, it's a new podcast. It's think of this as the new chapter. Uh, thanks again for listening and goodbye. <laughs>